Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sweat Equity Podcast, the streaming show, the number one comedy business podcast in the world. Bro, we just had a good show. You want to do that? Yeah, because we have Orlando Haynes on talking recruiting, retention, interviews, the great resignation, recruiters, corporate recruiters versus agency recruiters in this wild hiring world pragmatic entrepreneurial advice and real raw dog talk we're 2020's best small medium enterprise business advisor podcast in the united states thanks to lux proudly hosted by lux life magazine lizzo what i'm humble bragging lizzo the only Lizzo clip we got. I don't really um, have, like, I didn't have a conversation with you as Lizzo. I mean, it's just sucking her pussy from the back. We're 2021's best podcast and streaming entertainment studio, Eastern United States Media Innovator Awards 2021, hosted by Corporate Vision Magazine. Listen to us on Apple iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Go on there, subscribe. Hit that little smash the subscribe button. Smash it. Push it extra hard. Give it the shocker, whatever you got to do. Uh, put a five star and write a review on there. This episode is sponsored by Warby Parker. WarbyParkerTrial.com forward slash sweat. Like Keith Sweat, like Montez Sweat. Get you five free pairs to try on at home. Warby Parker, the disruptor in the eyeglass, sunglass uh, community. Don't get ripped off by Lexotica. They got the monopoly on the okay. system. Okay, I won't. Dirty Italians. <laughs> WarbyParkerTrial.com forward slash sweat. himself up on that one, didn't you? <laughs> get you five free fares. Get that prescription. Get your sunglasses. Get the hookup. Let's get it going. Hot and tonic. What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. My, my sweat equity. <laughs> <laughs> What about my sweat equity? We good? Want me to hit this? Yeah. yeah. What do you want to do? Your yeah. producer. No, we're good. We're going. Well, look, that's how we do it. Sometimes, sometimes Zoom doesn't work out. Sometimes tech doesn't work out uh, the way we want it to. So if anybody's watching this on video, uh, you might have a frozen Orlando Haynes. Right. <laughs> host of uh, the podcast uh, Career Talks. Where can uh, people find that? Yeah, that's on uh, LinkedIn Live as well. So LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. You can. Uh, I know what you're going to ask him. I know you're going to ask him. How did you? Yeah. How did you get on LinkedIn Live? <laughs> what did you have to just, do, Orlando? What yeah, awful what thing we, did you have to do to get on LinkedIn Live? We need to clip this out and then advertise towards people that worked at LinkedIn. <laughs> right. Because that, look, I heard that story about at Facebook in Austin when they had the ads uh, move all the way to Austin from uh, San Fran and just start their own building there. The guys who got jobs did that. They targeted all the people that worked in that that building early on. I'm talking like 12 years ago, and that got them gigs. I think for us to get accepted on LinkedIn Live. We're going to have to do We're going to listen to what Orlando has to say <laughs> about how he got live. And yeah. then maybe it's not that hard. No, it wasn't. It, it was just a basic application. <laughs> um, 
We should Google and what, it. It was first, funny. Huh? Here's the part you guys are gonna hate. I've submitted. So I've applied. Oh, I've gotten rejected. Well, yeah. well you've got some strikes against. Here's you, the buddy. kicker. But here's the kicker. One of the questions said, "Have you ever, you know, live stream or done anything like this prior?" And all my answers were no, 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 no. And I guess it's because I was a recruiter or am a recruiter that um, the topics I would discuss would be relative to LinkedIn, which is, you know, the job market, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah. I, I got access and didn't even know for like three months. Oh, my God. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so we were trying to figure out how to crack the code about it. years ago because we're like, all right, well, if we can just. If there's one place, if there's a weird algorithm thing we can play, if someone actually watches it, we're not. No, we we might be the anti uh, anti business anti LinkedIn newsfeed like businessy content for sure. them. Yes. Like, uh, just we because also blow up on it. Well, the whole idea of this show now has kind of evolved into a thing where you can have real talk. We're on LinkedIn newsfeed. It's almost like a PR company uh, curates. Everything people post on there, yes, you know, yeah. Um, I, I gotta, I've gotta figure. That's why Orlando has the podcast himself. Because I, I have a big thing with hiring and retention, and I just on a macro scale, I don't think we're that good at it. In general, what's what do you think? Uh, for, for your own company, for Sweat Equity Podcast? No, no, just in general, just the United States, like how. How we hire people, I, I just bigger, broader kind of uh, broad strokes. I I think the reason you work in an office and don't like a lot of your coworkers is because we don't really think about the psychology <laughs> of it. Yeah. I don't know. That was just a really confusing uh, road down we took. I didn't know what you're yeah. talking well, about. Well, I am drinking I am drinking champagne. You are, yes. It is a very <laughs> lovely glass of champagne you have there. But yeah, yeah, to, to directly answer that question is no different than a job seeker, an employer has to be attractive to the market. Yeah. Right. So, so that's a two way street. And no, no employer can rest in their laurels, not even, you know, the Amazons, the IBMs, the Googles of the world, you know, the Teslas of the world, SpaceX, none of those companies, Uber can just rest on their brand name just because they, the new tech unicorn out there and like, oh my God, you know, they're crazy. You still have to build. You still have to build an internal culture, et cetera, et cetera, to attract people because they're struggling as well. Even in this, I know recruiters who work for those uh, larger companies, um, and they can tell you. And they told me the, the internal culture of some of those companies are not what you think they are from the outside looking in. Name names. Yeah. So, how much of that do you get involved with when you say the? Because I mean. It could take weeks or months to really fully understand a culture of a company. And, I'm, you know, being a recruiter, you can't exactly commit that sort of time all the time. You know, how like how much, how far, how deep are you digging? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question. It's a good question. So what I I, think I'll he, answer that. I think thing. he got lost uh, in the, his own question. <laughs> I knew exactly what I was like, asking. I'm going to dig out of this. Dig, <laughs> dig, dig. You're dig. just saying that because I called you out on your rambling. <laughs> We may have had wacky tobacco before this. I don't know. <laughs> the kids, all the kids so, are doing it. Narc. So there's two. So the best way to answer that is knowing the difference between the two types of recruiters. 
there's an agency recruiter who works with multiple companies and tries to staff their people, uh, which I used to be. And now I'm a corporate recruiter. So I only hire for the company I work for. So in my current role, I can know the culture because I'm in the culture and live the culture. So it's, it's a lot easier. But from the first statement of being a staffing uh, you know, recruiter, it's a little harder for them unless you're specialized. Like the guest I just had on my show, she even though she was on the, uh, she's currently on the staffing agency side and we've worked together previously, she operates more in a boutique fashion, you know, relationships, really understand the culture and not just, hey, I'm going to throw your resume. I hope it sticks type type model. So, yeah, the, that slight difference makes it a little bit easier to, to your uh, to your question. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you kind of brought up the I don't know when you're talking about the opinions of these blue chipper companies and they're having a tough time kind of bringing the I mean, we have a a war on human uh, capital, as they say in your world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything's a war. Yeah. War on drugs really worked out well, Nancy Reagan. Um, but Over it's <laughs> but it's one of those things <laughs> where, um, yeah, it's like us in Afghanistan just went, just went and we don't know what we're doing. Um, but this thing where, is it the last 18 months where everybody's been feeling this way in the great resignation as, as it's kind of been coined lately, or has that been going on pre, uh, pre lockdown COVID era? Yeah. So pre lockdown COVID era, it has been, but not at this level. So yes, the COVID 10 X did for sure. Yeah. Tremendously across all sectors. Healthcare, call center, marketing, IT, it doesn't even matter. Recruiting itself, um, the demand for people in the Great Recession, major impact, major impact. And you'd be surprised as to what's causing the great you know, resignation. A lot of people may think it's pay, uh, but it's a variety of things of culture, flexibility, mental health, uh, that people are just like, I'm, I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like, this is the sign. This is it. This is my yep. the big, you know, cosmic thing that's happening, and now I'm going to change my life. Oh, you change careers? Really? I, so I that's absolutely mm-hmm. a part of it. Well, I yeah. think I. All right. I mean, think about it. You sitting think, at home when you sit at home now, it's like, is this really what I want to do? Well, the, I'm I, about I, to jump on my, you know, automated phone system and answer phone calls from my house. Is that what I want to do with my life? I think. All right, bigger picture. I think people need to work, especially guys. And that's not that's not something that's uh, I'm not going to be very woke by saying that, but I'm saying uh, I think uh, men need to work or they get really depressed. Uh, sure. Number one. Number two, I think um, a lot of a lot of the benefits in a lot of states when you're unemployed became so much better than being the entry level anything. Like when I was working for an agency that was out of Michigan, they had me write jokes. Remember what I was telling you that? Oh, they had me write like uh, joke, me- like meme jokes yeah. to like get back to work, right? Yes, I remember. And it was one of those things where you're like, I don't know how I can beat Michigan's unemployed benefits. Right. <laughs> They're so good. You know what? Just I'm writing home. these and I'm like, I kind of like the other side. Yeah. I would rather Listen, watch Netflix. I only got one of the ones you wanted, but the other side of it, I got like 11 jokes for that one. I, I think a lot, Wait, of, a lot of people like, it's so good to be at home now. Like sure, it, I'm not saying that it's the only reason. I'm just saying it's a you know a number a part of it. Point three, yeah, three points. Bringing it to you like an like a debate club. 
I'm sober for sure. Uh, point three, I think now everybody learned that they have leverage. Like they have options. Yep. They have leverage to – it's the first time ever. It's like I was just yep. uh, saying before we got on the mic, like it's like the NBA players now are more powerful than the NBA is a thing. And now they kind of dictate what they're going to do and what the NBA is going to do. Sure. Uh, it's almost like that. They've never had that leverage from the player side where now it's kind of the same way, just generally, let's, let's just say white collar. it was always that way. Right, just yeah. More, it's more obvious now. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point because it's now before it used to be in, in, in the NBA where it was a GM and the owners making the trades. Now it's the players who are saying no and the key, you know, the key players saying like a LeBron saying, nope, if you don't get me X, Y, Z, I'm out of here. You know, so, yeah, it's it's definitely what you can compare the job market to is the housing market now. Ooh. Right. The housing market is ridiculous. Houses are getting 20, you know, 15, 20 offers above asking price and you're forced to either pay it or live, continue to live where you live. So candidates kind of are driving up price. Some are getting, you know, 30, 40 K above what they're currently making. And depending on the sector and companies going to have to pay it or go without filling that role in some cases. So it's, it's definitely a candidate's market. Huge, huge shift. It's never been like this ever, right? No, I mean, no. you really no. go back a hundred years. We have like child labor, we have <laughs> no unions and shit. Like, uh, it's really, Oh, we're humans too. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I don't right. know if there's a, a, a recruiter historian out there, but yeah, even yeah. it's never been this crazy. I, I never get, been this crazy. I probably get twelve recruiter in mails on LinkedIn a month, probably, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's wild. It's like and it a lot of it's not even like targeted correctly. It's like uh, we need video exactly. production. <laughs> like right. uh, no, yeah. But it, I guess they're just doing a spread, and that would be what you would call the agency recruiter style. Just take a shotgun spread approach and just – or or as I call it, just kind of uh, a casting net for bait. Like just throwing a wide net and hoping you're grabbing someone out of it. Exactly. And, and we're all fishing in the same pond, so that's always been the case. Even if that company has an in-house recruiting team, uh, you, you're fishing in the same pond for the same exact types of people. It's just a matter of who gets there first. So you'll have many companies that are who are now, you know, willing and engaging to work with agencies even more so now, hoping and thinking because I'm outsourcing this role and willing to pay a fee, they're going to find me someone. Well, not if your internal recruiting team is is doing the same, you know, the same efforts. Uh, again, it's the same pond we're looking at. It the tactics may be different, but the people. They're still swimming in the same in the same you know lagoon. Uh, there's no difference. It's just a matter of speed at this point, and then it comes down to pay, culture, flexibility, and schedule. Who they're going to report to, the projects, etc. Yeah, four million people uh, quit in. Uh, wait, was it ten million or four million when I brought it up? Uh, it was the, mo- the most ever in one month of people just uh, voluntarily. Well, four million or ten million? Oh fuck! Now I gotta look it up. Well, you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, but I thought you were I've listening to me. You never listen to me. So quickly. It's four. I, you know I don't have a good uh, short. Make it four million at once. I quit. It, here, here's what so, it was. Here's here's where I got confused. Four million Americans quit 
their jobs in July of 2021 with a record-breaking 10.9 million open jobs at the end of July. So I was right on board. Um, yeah, so that total number, I think it was in New York Post that Cheers. said it about 8.5 million job seekers unemployed with that 10, 10 million jobs available. So it, it, it boggles me because I'm like, where are they going to go? Yeah. Because yeah. they can't. They can't take a paper that says great resignation to their mortgage company, to their gas company, right, to their electric company, to the right, right, to the to the supermarket to feed their but families. Like, dreams, where are you going to work? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It seems impulsive. Like it seems like it seems like you can hear a lot of things. Like I I know people are hiring everywhere. I can do this. I can find the next thing yeah. I want to do. But I I feel like a lot of adults I know don't lack. Uh, they lack a lot of like. Uh, goals or vision, One of the, yeah, shit they want to do. Like, what's that stat? Like, sixty um, percent uh, of Americans don't have five hundred dollars saved up, kind of thing. Uh, oh, I don't know. It, 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 you know, we're not, we're not that kind of culture. So, I just find this interesting. I think that I, I think like uh, music genres. Like you had, uh, I was watching Woodstock '99 documentary on HBO. Oh. Like you had pop music that came up. And then right after that, you had like Limp Biscuit, Corn, all this stuff that just was the opposite of that. And then you go back to something that's a little bit pop. Yeah. What, you feel that, me? what does that mean for the great rest? I feel what? like it's going to snap back and a lot of people <laughs> oh. are going to have gigs like he like Orlando's concerned. Like, OK, what's OK? What's the next thing you're going to do? What do you got? Like, oh, look who came crawling back. <laughs> right. Right, it, but you can. You, It'll take half. I didn't realize how hard this is to do without being able to see you because we can't tell if you about <laughs> to say something. <laughs> we don't even know if you're still connected. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> we look, kind of look crazy yeah, but, right yeah. now. If someone walks in, just sees a frozen screen, <laughs> they think they're talking <laughs> to somebody. You're talking to Orlando. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's funny if you if you look at it when you talk about uh, you know where these people going and you look at social media and it's been sensationalized about. Being an entrepreneur, you know, earning your six figures in your first year, et cetera. And we know everybody's not built to be an entrepreneur. Everybody is not going to succeed starting their own business. But there's been a heightened increase of trademarks and LLCs that have been, you know, applied for in the market since prior to COVID. But it's heightened even now because people are assuming, hey, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to go crush it on TikTok. You know, I'm going to create my podcast and get a million downloads a day. And so I'm just, yeah, I'm wondering where are these folks going? You see people post on LinkedIn. I just quit my job after three months because of mental health stress. And I know it, was, it might not look good, but I'm like, where's the plan? And you said it earlier, Law, like, why would you do that? Need right? to work. You know, you know what's stressful? Yeah. Not having a job or money. Work. <laughs> it's it, well, it's that, kind of stressful. It's that virtue health. signaling, too. It's like. I'm not old school in the sense that you can't talk about it, but it's like on the thing you're probably trying to get a job on. Right. Right. Don't do it there. <laughs> right. This thing, this is probably Talk going to your viral. therapist about it. Right. Jeez, don't put it on LinkedIn. That's an, on a marketing side. Like, don't put your, Good put news. your best foot forward. Right. Like my mental health comes first. Now I have a theory when you're doing the interview stuff, it, it's kind of like dating a little bit, like getting mm-hmm. set up mm-hmm. on a date. Right. Is that, yep. is that how you kind of look at it? Like, you're trying to feel each other out. Did our friends set us up in the right way? Do they, can they match? I, I, I am curious how those connections are made for you. Really? Just, well, well, 
on a, you, you haven't been on many. In particular, you haven't been on a first date in a while. I'm not in, on Tinder, and there's no. We're talking recruiting. <laughs> Don't go too deep in your metaphor. Well, I you haven't been on Tinder or Grinder like I have. I want, like I I want have. pragmatic advice. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it. Job interviews are they feel like dates? They feel like first second yeah. dates uh-huh. when you have that first second interview. It's like, okay, I'm trying to put my best foot forward. I'm trying to suppress any red flags and spin them. If they come up, I'm going to spin it into a story of how I how I made this thing right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to figure out their sure. flaws a little bit. Sure, trying to size them up. I mean, it's all if we really want to break it down. It's really like self-preservation mode on both sides of, of the course, table, yeah. either on a date or a job interview, uh, mitigating risk, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it be said about all human interaction, but um, you know, I'd go get my tire changed. It's not like a date. Yeah. And this the guy, guy actually like, doesn't like me talking me. to him. You bring me, I'm going to change your tires. You can't change your own tires. Yeah. He's thinking. Yeah. And he gives me one of these old school, like, ah, oh. right. When you turn around. Yeah. So to answer to answer that question, I'll chime in a bit. Is Sorry. Most folks from from a interviewing is the worst thing you can do from a hiring manager standpoint, right? Because that's when it's the I'm gonna let you see what you need to see to say yes and give me the job. But most skilled uh, hiring managers and recruiters have conversations with these folks. So with that, you start to take off the layers. These people become more relaxed. And you really start to see, you know, uh, who this person is, he or she. But at the same time, it also we can pull some red flags based on how comfortable that person gets in that interview and set some things. You're like, oh, OK, pick that up. They yeah. didn't think I did, but I did. So, yeah, if, if you're interviewing, you're probably going to struggle. Have conversations with candidates. Uh, you're more likely to you know, create that immediate like, wow, I want to work for this person. And they're like, oh, I can see this person in the next role. Yeah. So yeah, it's to have conversations. Yeah, that's how I I could never I, I would feel so cheesy asking some of those questions. What about um, please tell me your top your best quality? Here, Go. Here's another one: is uh, super eager, too eager is a weird turnoff on right on either what are you side. Running from. Yeah, it's like I can do anything. I'll, yeah, I'll, on either side, you're right too. It's like please, we need somebody. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a weird delicate dance and so there, you're right. What he what he was saying was like, hey, you're you're the person you're interviewing with. If anybody's listening to this and needs real advice, like you're probably gonna be working near that person a lot. Yeah, you're at least yeah, gonna have a direct manager hire. Lots of times, it's gonna be your boss. <laughs> Most of the time, is that who you're talking to? Yeah. So exactly. you think ahead there. So it it again, it's about on the on the interviewer side or the interviewee side it's about being like don't don't just try to get the job to get the job like really see if it's a fit right yeah well i mean i yeah. you get destitute it's 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 well, you'll do whatever yeah sometimes. i get these like emails hey here's the best answers to the most top 10 questions in an interview i'm like i don't want to read that like what is that ladders.com well, they throw out a lot of content i, I mean i think it's actually linkedin <laughs> oh but but you know what I'm saying? Like they're both what? trashy. Yeah. Here's a way to blend in with everybody else and not stand out. Here's a listicle. Right. Remember listicles from yeah. BuzzFeed ten years ago? Sure. Um, Give me them infographics. What? Uh, what? Orlando? What got you into this world? Like I feel like uh, there's uh, in a marketing agency sense where I've been bouncing around a lot the last ten years, 
And like, uh, there's a poker player named Phil Hellmuth, uh, that, that said like, I'd win every hand if it wasn't for luck or something like that. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of agency marketing agencies, I'm friends with a hundred agency owners. Uh, they are all like, if it wasn't for the client, this would be so much better. And it's just like, (laughs) what did you not just, did you not navigate those waters to figure out how to kind of condition clients or any of that? Um, I feel like it's a interacting with humans on a very, what is it? Dunbar's number. You have 150 people you can have relationships with, but I feel like I get maxed out trying to help people in your world. What got you into this? Yeah, it's a good question. So I was a candidate first and this was 20 years ago back uh, in New York. So uh, with that, just came through the process, didn't get the job that I, you know, interviewed for. And then that, that same recruiting company called me back for an opportunity internally. And I always, I, I kind of reference it to the mafia where uh, I forgot what Godfather movie it was. And he's like, I, every time I try to step out, they pull me back in. So I know nothing else but recruiting and staffing and, and what I do. Uh, so, but yeah, long story short, I was a candidate first, then got pulled in. Uh, I haven't looked back since. What's the meta games when you get hired somewhere? Cause they're hiring someone who's a badass, like a, a hired gun oh, in the human HR. Do you guys HR. talk to each other in that interview or you just kind of stare at each other yeah. for an hour? Yeah. Is it like a Mexican <laughs> standoff where you're just staring at each other? No, it's the same process, but because, you know, I have an advantage because I've been doing it for so long. So I, That's what you in think. some cases, I, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I know the psychological play around it too. So I make sure. I make sure I drive that conversation, you know, that interview to a conversation. It's just, you know, we all have our things that we look for. Like, it's not just pay, it's it's culture. For me in particular, personally, I got to know the freedom in my role. Like, how much freedom do I have to try, you know, new things to get these positions filled? If it's do the same old, same old, I really could care less about what they offer. Um, That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a company who's, who's willing to let me be creative as possible fail as much as possible to, you know, bring new innovation things to, to recruiting. Is that, is that, is that because you rank satisfaction of your performance highest or flexibility to be creative higher? Um, I, I, my main thing is impact. And, and if you go into an organization or partner with an organization who's using terms like this is the way we've always done it, then you know oh, yeah. you, you're, sti- you're stifling the creativity of your teammates. So I can't make impact with that kind of culture. Uh, but knowing that they can say, "Hey, do this. I'm behind you. I'll write the check if we need new technology, whatever it is." Um, that's what drives me the most. Then I look at where's the growth in you know comp plan and everything like that. But culture's first for me. Yeah, how do you judge that from from the inter- interviewee side? Like, how do you? How, how, yep. can you, how can you pull that in? Can you teach us any like hey, you got any silver bullet questions? Like you walk in, you're like, oh, I see God a, make I a s- rock. He cannot push or something. I see a time card or yeah. I see no art on the walls or, right. uh, yeah, yeah. you know, stuff like <laughs> this. Look like a padded room. What there's a <laughs> there's a palpable anxiety, but everybody's very quiet. What is there? Is there some examples? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I mentioned earlier, that's why. If it's an interview, which is very robotic and systematic, like you said, here are the top 10 questions I'm going to ask you. 
I could have Googled and prepared for versus a conversation where it becomes more personable and the interviewer is sharing some personal things like, oh, yeah, I have kids, too. And that it quickly shifts from the interview to a conversation um, like for my last several, you know, 10 plus years. It's it's never been a, a conversation where it was interviewed. What have you done? What are your metrics? What is this for an hour? That's that's probably 15 minutes of the conversation. Mm hmm. The rest has been just personal, get to know you, what's the culture, what's the team like. But what helps from an employer standpoint is making sure that person meets with multiple people. Hopefully you can get with people on the team that you'll also work alongside a conversation or, you know, still stuff like see the office. I know with COVID, we're half remote, if not. But um, meeting multiple people. And again, it's a genuine, if you're, again, not engaged in a personal conversation, and it just seems very robotic. You're gonna be like, "Oh my god, this is kind of stiff." Yeah. What do you think? Like about, that's who you're gonna marry. Right. Exactly. What do you think about working interviews and like actually, you know, where they're having you come in for a full day of work, Oof. and then I got suckered into you know, two weeks one time. That they paid. Well, they paid me, but it was sure. Like, but yeah, but still I was weird. like, I, it's not. I'm not gonna get it because I know that if that's structured that way, I, there's no way. I'm just curious. Yeah. Those. Those. That's a great question. Those still work depending on the role. Um, I feel like they uh, are necessary know. lots of times. I mean, especially if you I have like to have the, a skill. I like the idea of it. Yeah, like, I was down for it, but it was, and I could do it while uh, the art agency was still going and all that shit. It was like, well, I'm flexible. I can do both. Right. right. Now. I just, go ahead, Orlando. Sorry. Yeah, no. It depends on the role. If it's a sales role or something like that, call center environment. So you have to see all the tools and things that they're going to be using, the conversation, the process flow. It's good for to have someone come in and sit. I did it. My very first recruiter position, um, that same company that had me as a candidate and called me back in, I came in for at least three to four hours and then had a wrap-up interview. So, yeah, I sat next to multiple recruiters and watched their process, and they wanted me to give a summary of what I seen and the quality of each, each individual I sat with. Ooh. Yeah, you know, I, was like, I was like, whoa. Well, I got the job. <laughs> that's some like. Who did you replace? That's like Stanford Prison Experiment. Yeah, stuff, which guy right? did you? Have? <laughs> the worst rating gets fired. Right, and then yeah, what, that's if you now over your job, if you overdo it, you look like an ass. Right, like if you're like You'd probably be honest with it. I mean, if it's an I know, honest but I'm evaluation saying like, and true, you know, sure, don't be too hard. Yeah, it was. I got lucky. I definitely got lucky, but uh, you know, everyone has this innate ability i can kind of pick up things quick and read people's skill set and things like that fairly quickly so um but that was like and it was with the vp and the, and the senior manager they were just like okay give me your assessment of what you're seeing i was like holy cow <laughs> i was ready for the basic 10 questions yeah wow do you want to read from my notes here or uh yeah <laughs> yeah no i can see as a rec for a recruiter yeah crucial to actually see them speaking with people and you know trying to do the job a little bit. I mean, that's got to be one. Well, we we had two questions left. You got five daughters, uh, so I thank oh, you man. for taking the time. Uh, uh, but yeah, Orlando would like stuff. to thank us a little bit, huh? Yeah, you get paid a percentage of what we get from the episode, which is, I don't know okay. what, what's uh what's ten percent of uh, zero coming in. I'll Google it. <laughs> okay. okay, we're not math okay. guys. Um, Just two. Two questions, uh, and then uh, you can get back to breaking up a fight about a, 
uh, a hairbrush, an epic fight that yep. I grew up around my whole life. Right. And now you're involved in. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, uh, any pragmatic advice for anybody hiring? Any tip? We, we try to throw out like, you know, this is motivation's temporary, right? So we're trying to ask our guests that are experts in their field, you know, can you give some pragmatic tip or advice for employers trying to hire or for people going for jobs now? Yeah, absolutely. So for employers, I would say evolve. So that's involved with technology, involving your culture, uh, be competitive in the market with your, your salaries and move quick. Be, you know, be decisive decision makers because there was a time where you could have had candidates wait two, three weeks. Now it can be three days. I had personally, right, the company I worked for had a candidate in the loop. They were about to interview today and emailed me at four o'clock saying, hey, I took another job offer and they were supposed to interview uh, for a position with us. So it moves that quick. And that was just within a week. And so I'll, all those. I'll throw the question to you. When you interview, how, how long <laughs> And everybody's been here. This is why I think it's funny. How long do you wait to send the thank you email? And then how long do you wait to send another one? <laughs> like when you haven't heard back about the job and you're doing a follow-up. Oh, as if you're the interviewee. Yeah, I mean, interviewee. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. When you, th- yeah, if, you send if, that thank you email or whatever. And immediately then, back to back. Boom, boom. <laughs> right, right. Wow, what, <laughs> what's a good follow-up rhythm, I guess? Yeah, so I would tell uh, candidates – uh, send a, a thank you email like maybe within the first hour because the, it, the stuff is still fresh in your head because that's an opportunity for you to sell yourself a little bit more, some things you may have not uh, said during the interview process, but you're thanking them for the opportunity. And if it's multiple people that you've interviewed with, make sure each message is unique if you've gotten their email address. Um, but if it's not, you could put it all in one email and just say, hey, can you make sure you tell this person that, this person this, this person that, and here's why I think I'm a great candidate. And then within a follow-up, you know, you can ask what's a good time frame for me to follow up with you and let that recruiter or hiring manager give you a specific time. And then if that deadline is coming past, follow up the next day. Yeah. Everybody forgets that part because you're so nervous yep. the whole time. Yeah, having that like cheat sheet of like, all right, when I'm done with this, I gotta make sure I ask when when's a good time to follow up because you'll just walk out the door yep. and be like, <gasps> yeah, that can be calming. I bet like having a task to do at the end. Oh, I I have to write it out like a set mean, list, dude. Right. Well, exactly. But yeah. I mean, like having that next thing to do is it can't be. It might not be bad for everybody. I have to ask, like, yeah. right at the end, is it okay I can't go within 500 feet of schools? Is that right. a problem Where for is, what's this the position? Again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, last question. We'll let you go. Uh, what advice would you give your 13 year old self? Wow. Great question. Um, yeah. let me see. You, you stumped me on that one. So I, uh, would I can, I can, say, vamp, I can vamp if you want a few, uh, seconds. No, no, I got, I got okay, you. You got it. All yeah. Right. So yep. My 13 year old self, I would probably say, uh, learn what I, what I want to learn earlier to be more focused. Cause I was, you know, most most folks like us, most young men, we're about the ladies early, and <laughs> I should have I should have gotten early about focused on career. And, and at thirteen, who knows? But um, yeah, just just been more focused on what's next in life uh, versus what's right now in life. Were you chasing skirts instead of getting A's in school? What was going on? This 
that was kind combination of, a, of the two, but the, the right. skirts would, would lead, lead in the way. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how to act around women, really. Like, what yeah, I was I into. Know. I don't know if I can, you know. At 13. I, I wasn't good. I feel like, you know, I didn't that, say I was, that was your path. <laughs> that was your path, man. Yeah. 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 I, did, you know? I, did, I didn't say I was good. I was just. <laughs> that's why he was chasing. All right. Yeah, I was like it's between you and your thirteen-year-old self. Right. I was awkward. Like Umbros yeah. at a middle school dance, a slow song just came on. That's how awkward I was. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll have you back on um, maybe when Eric's not so wasted. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, cool. But uh, <laughs> thanks for doing it, and uh, it's good to talk to your frozen self. Appreciate you, gentlemen, man. Thanks, Appreciate man. you, law. All right. See ya. See ya.